On episode 74 of the new 8 Days of Geek podcast, Discord's got a new game, Charlie and Mac together again, and Samsung's unpacked. Stay tuned. another episode of the new eight days of geek podcast i'm your host jesse miller and joining me as always the man who will own 24 new books by the end of this episode sean scott 24 new books by wait, the end of this episode wait for it just wait uh, for it. it will all make sense later is this the first time you've ever like given me an intro that i like i'm, yeah. I'm not supposed to understand exactly. like exactly Exactly. All right. You will you will understand it all by the end. All things shall be revealed. Um. So first of all, apologize. I feel like you're taking advantage of the fact that I just don't read the notes <laughs> uh, <laughs> or look at the links of the stories we're going to talk about in the podcast. I really am because if you if you went through and you looked at them, you I, I would mean, know what you're talking about. Right. It's now. very obvious what books I'm talking about. But yeah. I mean, really, this is just. Uh, a commentary on my unprofessionalism. <laughs> well, you know, uh, but you will own 24 new books <laughs> by the end of all this. Isn't that the charm, right? That I yeah. don't know what we're talking exactly. about. <laughs> I'm, here I am trying to be a quote unquote professional podcast host. And Sean's just over here free dicking it. <laughs> uh, all right. So okay. first of all, um, apologize for the late episode. Um, life happens and we had to postpone a week. So uh, we're going to keep as per, you know, all the other times we've skipped an episode, we, um, well, we didn't really skip it. We postponed it, but uh, as per all those times, we'll just start our every other week schedule as of right now again. So uh, we'll do this one. Then two weeks from now, you'll get another one. All right. So blurbs uh first one's mine fallout 76 we're all waiting with bated breath for it to come out and uh, trying to figure out how we can get it what's the cheapest place where you can get the most copies that kind of thing uh bethesda has said fallout 76 will not be on steam so the game is not coming to steam's platform at all you will be able to buy it uh, for pc online only through bethesda's proprietary launcher i'm oh, not no. The I'm, game that I don't think I want to buy is not going to be on the thing that I don't understand how it works. <laughs> yeah, you, I'm sure you care a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, that being said, though, I, I don't know if I like this or dislike this. I understand uh, Bethesda, a company that puts out their own game, doesn't want to have to give a cut to someone like Steam for selling said game because gamers will go wherever the game is to buy it. So this is not going to really, I don't think, slow down purchasing of the game. Um, but I don't know. I think it's as much as it is Bethesda wanting to get all of their money and not share in their cash cow. I also see it as kind of a disservice to some of their fans because some of their fans 
don't understand computers. They just play on a computer because it looks great. So Steam makes that easy for them because it's still one store where you can buy and download and play all your games. You have to, you don't have to understand anything about computers to use Steam. So, you know, I'm I'm torn on this to be honest. And like another game later on that we're going to talk about, I'm I'm really torn about not using large distribution distribution channels uh, for your game. You know. Uh, yeah, you got I, I know. No. No. Okay. Nope. Wow. By the way, I just want to say Monster has a new flavor called Mule. It's like a Moscow Mule Mule type flavor. It's uh, ginger, like ginger ale and lime. Dude, I don't like Monster, but you guys, you're kicking it with that. That's pretty amazing. So, so what's the <laughs> what's the crux of the situation here? Is it like you, like Bethesda is not letting the game be released on like uh, a streaming service? Is essentially what's going on here. Well, it's not streaming. Um, Steam, you buy your game, you download it, you play it. Um, they just if you put a game on Steam, you have to give Steam part of the profit. So they don't want to do that. They're just going to gotcha. put it out from their launcher, which works exactly the same, where you just buy it, download it, and play it. But that way, they don't have to pay to have it on anybody else. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I don't. See, I mean, that's their game, man. They don't have a. They they shouldn't have to use a distribution line that they don't particularly you know what i mean uh, whatever yeah and see i i agree i mean i'm sure there if, if i was a big steam user i'd be annoyed yeah but like uh, at the same time it's it's their game if they don't want to use that service i mean that's their marketing preference i mean yeah and I, I agree um i just worry like i said i worry about the people who don't understand how to use their computer outside of steam i don't know how many of those people there really are but you know Buy it on a console. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> if that's your problem. Are you drinking Monster Mule? Flavor? I am not. Oh, okay. Monster energy drink. Come on. Had my heart explode. Like I said, I don't like these typically, but this flavor, man, this flavor is kicking it. I have to admit, this is a. I bought three. I I don't like energy drinks, but I bought three of these simply because they do taste really good. Mm. I like ginger ale, though. Anyway, off topic. Damn it, Sean. All right. So, right along. The next blurb we've got for you, I believe in the last episode we talked about uh, the CW and how they were bringing Batwoman to the small screen. And, uh, you know, you try to put me on the spot and, you know, cast the role, which, of course, I never have any good suggestions oh, for. Uh, but uh, the CW did not make us wait long. And they have already cast the I role of Batwoman go ahead what are you gonna say i cannot believe i didn't think of this name son of a gun this would this is perfect right i mean uh it is she does have like a perfect like superhero name doesn't she yeah just like with the like the alliteration and everything i mean it is it is, it is it, it she sounds like she's out of a comic book superhero name um i believe she's a lesbian yes yeah, and yeah, she is. she's got i mean like the perfect build i mean this chick is ripped yeah. out of her mind beautiful uh yeah. good actress she was in orange is the new black the uh the, the 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 actress we're talking about is ruby rose who has been cast uh to play batwoman in in the upcoming cd or cw uh series um 
so that's that's all there is, you know. They're, they're, we've already talked about the show, you know. Uh, the character itself is going to be uh, um, a lesbian, an out gay lead character in, in in the TV series, which is a big deal. So uh, they've cast an an, an out gay uh, actress to play the role. Uh, you know, she like I said, she was in. I believe she was in like a. The early series, the seasons of Orange is the New Black, uh, you know, she she hasn't been, you know, she, I don't think she's been around. I just watched the most recent season uh, just a couple weeks ago. And I, I mean, I know she's not in that. I just don't remember. I don't remember what happened to her character, uh, you know, uh, when you binge watch, you know, what is it like 13 episodes of a se- of a show like once a year, you know, and that's all I've ever watched of it. You know what I mean? So it's like uh, trying to remember what happened in a movie that you watched one weekend ago, like five years ago, you know. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure, like how many episodes she was in or anything, but uh, I do remember her from Orange is the New Black. That's the only thing I'm familiar with her from, though, that I can think of. Awesome. I think that's a fantastic pick. For sure. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, let's see. Uh, uh, following her breakout role as Stella Carlin on Netflix's Orange is the New Black, Rose made her transition to features with major roles in Vin Diesel's Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, Resident Evil Final Chapter, John Wick Chapter 2, and Pitch Perfect 3. Uh, she stars in the Warner Brothers action film The Meg, which opens this weekend, and from what I believe I've read online, made a crap ton of money. Uh, in a world so. where Sharknado has like four sequels, I'm sure The Meg did just fine. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I want to go see The Meg, to be honest. Right, I like Jason see. Statham. so He's like the Chuck Norris of the new generation. Okay, well, then we will move on. Gaming. So, um, Fortnite. Fortnite's a thing. Yay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, at Samsung's Unpacked event, which we'll talk about later, Fortnite actually um, got an announcement where they uh, will be starting their uh, release on Android. Uh, their first part, the first part of their release is only going out to newer Galaxy phones. So if you have a newer Galaxy phone, you'll get uh, invites before everyone else. Uh, this is because of the Note 9 that just got re- announced. Uh, the big thing here, though, is that Fortnite will be uh, bypassing the Google Play Store. So this is, again, another thing like Bethesda is doing. You know, normally, in order to get apps securely on an Android device, you have to use the Google Play Store. Uh, They make sure the apps don't have anything funky in them, that they play by the rules with the Android operating system. You know, it's a a set of security checks in place to make sure that you're safe while you're downloading apps. Um, Much like, you know, Apple's App Store. Well, Fortnite is... second there. For, for, for a quick second, I thought I was going to get to say, oh, really? A game that I don't care about is not on a thing that I don't care about. <laughs> but I have a, an Android phone, so at least this somehow pertains to me. <laughs> uh, so You still don't care. Though. Please, go on. <laughs> I still don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, they're bypassing the Google Play Store, so you just basically download it from the Internet and install it on your phone. The problem with that is... Uh, number one, 
how are they going to keep track of like I know Fortnite's a free game but you can still cheat in a free game and if your APK isn't being checksumed by the Play Store you know it's going to be it's going to make it harder not impossible but harder for you to make sure that your APK hasn't been screwed with before somebody installs it now that could be something as simple and benign as cheating or bum 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 security problems um side loading APKs is always a crapshoot when it comes to security on Android uh you know Android is not as secure as iOS simply because it allows you to have more freedom. With freedom comes insecurity. That's the way you know operating systems work. So sideloading an APK like Fortnite, while you know straight from uh, Epic, is not a big deal. Uh, how long until someone downloads a Fortnite APK that's had a keylogger installed on it, or you know any other kind of phone home? type tracking uh, software or malware or, you know, anything. And suddenly, you know, things go to crap. Now, if that's a single user, no problem, whatever. You know, they screwed their phone up and got a whole bunch of ads popping up, whatever. However, what happens if somebody in the enterprise installs something like this because they have an Android phone? Now you've got a much bigger problem. So it's... uh. You, do you have a Galaxy phone? You do, don't you? Yeah, yeah, an old Galaxy. Yeah. I don't know how old this goes back to be um, played. Well, I've got an S5, so... Uh, you might you might be a little out of the... Hey, you can get uh, you can get a discount. We'll talk about it later, but you can get a discount on a lot of people selling the new Note 9. <laughs> I've been searching for... Uh, some old unused um, S7s and higher to trade in towards the Note 9 for myself. but So, I I don't know. Again, I, this is one of those things. I'm not sure how I feel about it because I understand, you know, when Fortnite is played on an iOS device and someone buys a skin for $10, okay, the developers epic only get seven dollars of that the other three goes to apple for hosting the game on their app store you know essentially free money for the most part um i understand that you as a game developer that puts out a free game and only sells upgrades to the game you would not want to part with that money if you don't have to however endangering the security of your users phones might be worth that. I I don't know. That would be you know, obviously that's up to them, and they made their decision. Uh, I know f- personally, me, I probably would not install Fortnite on my phone if it doesn't come from the Play Store. I mean, don't you think that like, <clears throat> I mean the answer to these problems here is that when you've got a game like fallout 76 or uh what is this one again fortnite mm-hmm. uh that is that that everyone knows is going to bring like you know a hundred million users with it like isn't just the answer here is for them to come to like a special kind of agreement with games that are that big you know what i mean yeah like, you're gonna uh, make- like hey 
you guys get to come and use the Play Store, but at, you know, a lower rate than other people yeah, do like because of the fact. Right. Yeah. You know, like, I, isn't that how this is, should work? You, you, you <laughs> like, would think. Just, isn't, that how, isn't that how business works? I mean, I don't understand why these guys ain't get, aren't getting together, you know? Yeah, you would think. But bah, I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, Especially when you're talking about, like you said, and endangering the security of people's phones and everything who are going to be using this game, you know, needing to disable security protocols just to install updates. And, you know, like I read through the article a little bit there and like they make a good point, like when you have to disable this stuff to uh, install the game, how many people are going to, number one, turn it back on when they're done, and number two, remember to turn it off and turn it back on every time they have to install updates and stuff like that. Like It's that's ridiculous. Very true. Okay. Um, let's see here. Discord, uh, popular uh, chatting app for gamers uh, taking the place of things like Skype and TeamSpeak has uh, <laughs> fired a shot, uh, a, a return shot across Steam's va- uh, bow. Steam recently uh, upgraded their chat client in the Steam store to uh, include, you know, Discord-like features. Uh, it's very, <laughs> very kind of comparable. Uh, a little odd. But Discord, uh, obviously, did not appreciate that. So now Discord has decided that they will begin selling video games. Uh, so they've got their own, uh, they're going to have their own storefront to sell games, just like Steam. We're just like Steam. Woo! Uh, I think, I mean, I'm okay with this. Uh, any. Any place that wants to gather together a bunch of games and sell them as a storefront that a user wants to join up with, I, I think it's totally fine. I think this is a good move. More competition against Steam, you know. Um, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't particularly care for having one launcher for each developer's game that I have on my system. You know, Ubisoft, I'm looking directly at you and EA right behind you. Uh, however. Uh, if you're gonna have a launching a launcher system like Steam, it's good to have it like this, where it has a bunch of different games from a bunch of different developers. That way, I don't have to you know have a billion things installed on my computer because that's just annoying. Um. So yeah, um, have you ever? Do you even know what Discord is? First of all, not really. I didn't figure. <laughs> I've heard it talked about, but I I've, I've heard the word. Have never cared to inquire further into what it is. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean it's just a it's basically for talking to your friends while you're playing video games. Ooh. Isn't that what like the headphone jack and my Xbox controllers for? Uh yes, most console games have that built in, but uh like PC doesn't have that in every game. Number one, more games are adding it, but you know, um, also this could be cross game. So if you and your buddies are playing different games, you can still talk to each other. Uh, right. And also for something like the Nintendo switch that does not have in game chat, this can be run on your cell phone using a Bluetooth headset and you can have in game chat. I think you're overestimating my want to talk to people. I have <laughs> I have entertained the idea of moving our audio recording for this podcast over to Discord, to be completely honest. 
Um, by the way, on Twitter, please, people, tell me, is there something better than Skype? Because I am getting really tired of Skype's um, bandwidth problem, making poor Sean sound like T-Pain every chance it gets. So. Alrighty. That's what we got for games. I have to tell you something, Trevor. It's time for TV news. All right. <clears throat> so, we got a little bit of news in the world of syndication. Uh, Bojack Horseman's kind of made a little bit of history here. Uh, the Viacom-owned cable network Comedy Central has purchased the rights to uh, how this says be the linear home to the first five seasons of the Netflix comedy Bojack Horseman. So uh, uh, the syndication giant Debmar Mercury uh, and producer Tornante Tornante Company uh, took BoJack Horseman out into the syndication market and uh, and sold it to Comedy Central. So this is kind of like the first time that a network, uh, you know, a cable network at least, or any network really, has purchased the syndication rights to a streaming service original series. Um, now, let me get down to where it says it's not technically the first time. Um, because Sundance TV previously had off-network rights to Amazon's Transparent, uh, although it was not a full library deal. How, so this one is a full library deal uh, as of the first uh, five seasons. That that uh, I believe season five debuts in uh, a month or so on Netflix, and uh, Comedy Central will have the rights to air uh, all five seasons on uh, on their network. So that's a pretty big deal. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, that's pretty cool that there's like, you know, original content is now going to be on, you know, showing in reruns on on uh, on, on, Com- on Comedy Central or on cable networks. I appreciate this. That's all. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> it's a pretty big it's a pretty big development yeah. in the world of content. And 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 they talk a little bit, I think, in the article about how like producers and things like that have have been critical of the fact that, you know, there's not a lot of what they call back end, um, you know, in regards to this original content, because it's just always just shown on Netflix. Uh, and so now they're getting, you know, syndication uh, profits and things like that, because it's going out there onto the the the, the regular over the air television mm. Or heard, cable networks. I've heard that Hollywood producers tend to like some more back end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is fantastic. Uh, anytime a creator can create something amazing, is allowed to create what they want, and then gets more success for it, awesome. So, um, I have not watched BoJack Horseman, although I've been told that I would love it. I just yeah, haven't. It's had, a great dark comedy. Yeah, I just haven't had time to fit it in. So, but, you know, maybe someday. All right. So, yeah, that's all. That's what got with about Bojack there. Let's uh, move it on a lot. More Netflix news here, I believe. Uh, Netflix has uh, ordered a brand new comedy series starring Paul Rudd. Everybody loves Paul Rudd, right? You love Paul Rudd? Of course you do. I, you know, I look at this picture in the show notes. I wait for you to answer. Yeah, looking at the picture in the show notes, I, I want to cuddle Paul Rudd. 
he just, I don't know. He just seems like a really so, good comic. Uh, <laughs> that has ordered eight episodes of what sounds to be a pretty amusing scripted comedy series um, called Living With Yourself uh, from Emmy and Peabody Award winner Timothy Greenberg. Um and Paul Rudd, it is create, created by – created, written by Greenberg, Living With Yourself is a philosophical comedy that asks, do we really want to be better? It stars Rudd in a dual role as a man struggling with his life who undergoes novel treatment to become a better person and finds he's been replaced by a new and improved version, revealing that his own worst enemy is himself. Uh, so, uh, Paul Rudd's going to play two roles here. You know, apparently he's just like a shitty dude who undergoes some kind of medical treatment and is replaced by a much better version of himself. And he's going to be playing both roles, of course. Um, uh, the guy who created this, uh, Greenberg, he served as the executive producer for 10 years on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart from 2006 to 2016 and most recently served as consulting producer on The Detour, which is a really funny uh, comedy series on TBS uh, and executive producer on Wyatt Cenac's Problem Areas. So uh, it sounds like it's got a pretty good uh, you know, comedy background behind it and you know, as we talked about in the very beginning, Paul Rudd. Every, you know, I love Paul Rudd. Everything, you know, it's like everything he does is. So, this sounds like a this sounds like a great show. Actually, this sounds like something I'll be really interested in watching when it's when it comes out on Netflix. Definitely, Paul Rudd's a funny dude. I, I don't think I've seen many movies I didn't like him in. So, works ninety percent of the time, every time, and and still, <laughs> and still look exactly like he did like 20 years ago when he was in clueless yeah he's forgotten how to age yeah yes like he is like the ex- man it's yeah, amazing it's, it's pretty crazy uh, good for him awesome so and so from what from a series that i'm absolutely to get a chance to watch to a series that I would absolutely be excited to get to watch, except for the fact that apparently it's been picked up by Apple. Uh, so I don't even know, like, where do I get this show when it, if it does come out? I'm assuming just like in the Apple store, because I'm not, not going to buy TV shows from the Apple store. Yeah, probably so, iTunes. Uh, yeah, I don't like this idea. But regardless, uh, Mac and Charlie are together again, as you mentioned in the intro to the show today. Um, Rob McElhenney and Charlie Day, the guys who created uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, have been given a straight-to-series order for a scripted comedy uh, from uh, by, by Apple. And uh, uh, the series is going to be uh, set in a video game development studio with McElhenney uh, also attached to Star in addition to writing and executive producing alongside Charlie Day. Um I don't know if they go into – do they go into any more detail in here about exactly what – you had an article about this as well. Yeah, they don't really give – other than it's going to take place in a video game studio. They don't give much uh, description of what the series is going to be about, at least not in the Variety article that I've got here in the show notes. But uh, Ubisoft is U- Ubi- – Ubisoft? Ubisoft? Ubisoft. Uh, Ubisoft. Uh, they are um, uh, part of the production behind the show so uh you know like they've literally got a video game company you know involved in the of the series and everything so uh this is the the first time 
the two guys. Then the way they say this in the article, it says the series marks the duo's first collaboration as writers since It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, but they say that like, you know, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is gone or has been or is from a long time ago. Like it's still on TV. Like oh, the yeah. thir- 13th season is going to air like next month or something like that. So, you know, they so, yeah, it's this it's the first collaboration as writers since that. But it's because they've been doing it for 13 years <laughs> continually, you know, Um but uh, yeah, this sounds like something I'd absolutely be interested in watching. I just don't know if I'm going to be, you know, purchasing TV shows off of the iTunes store. So yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. But I have some Apple devices, so I would probably get it. But uh, I don't know. All right, and the last story we've got for you in TV news is Adult Swim. Uh, Adult Swim has ordered a couple new animated series, as you can imagine, animated series. I guess they do have some live action, you know, oddball stuff like that was at Children's Hospital or whatever. But uh, yeah, uh, two new animated uh, comedy series with very different styles. We've got The Shivering Truth and Tigtone. So created and written by Vernon Chapman, The Shivering Truth is described as a delicately crafted surreal anthology comedy, a miniature propulsive omnibus cluster bomb of painfully riotous daymares, all dripping with the orange goo of dream logic. It is a series of loosely linked emotional parables about stories within tales that crawled out of the deepest caverns of your unconscious mind and became lovingly animated in breath-slapping stop-motion. In other words, it is the truth. It sounds like a twisted robot chicken. Yeah, kind of. I, I really so, I like their I like their wording. Uh, yeah, I mean, sounds, that was pretty good writing. <laughs> that, that was yeah. good. Yeah, it sounds. But that's like why I read it. Be... I know I normally don't just like straight up read through it, but I was like, I have to read this. Like this is just such uh, like yeah. outlandish descriptive descriptive language. You should read it though, like the um, Twilight Zone guy, the Shivering Truth is described <laughs> as a Rod cra- Yeah. <laughs> It it was so, it sounds perfect like that. And that's kind of what this sounds like. This almost sounds like a stop motion Twilight Zone or uh, a stop motion, you know, Tales from the Crypt or or some, you know, because apparently it's going to be like a, you know, kind of like an anthology. So, you know, different stories each time. Um, and obviously it's going to be twisted and weird and in stop motion. So, yeah, that's kind of what it sounds like. Look, sounds, yeah, sounds pretty cool, you know. Uh, sounds like my kind of thing, especially if it's stop motion. I'm sure on Adult Swim, it's going to be like a 15 minute show, you know, uh, yeah, and that's always easy. That's always easy to watch. It's easy to watch, but it kind of bums me out. I want more. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and then the second show that they've also greenlit, uh, Adult Swim goes medieval with Tigtone, a new quarter hour animated series created by Andrew Kohler and Benjamin Martin. Tigtone is the saga of a quest addicted hero who slashes his way through a satirical fantasy universe with melodramatic ferocity and a complete disregard for the collateral damage he inflicts along the way. The series both celebrates and subverts tropes of the 
the fantasy genre role playing games, video games, and films. So uh, we're looking at uh, oh, and uh, let's finish it up by saying uh, the uh, animation is a combination of highly rendered, hand painted fantasy art, motion capture performance, two D animation, and pseudo three D visual effects to create the Tigtone universe. So uh, they're going for more of like a really you know. Uh, well, I guess high end animated look uh, with this 15 minute show. Um, and uh, uh, I mean, that sounds pretty funny. Uh, you know, uh, it sounds like they're mocking, you know, fantasy games, role playing games, video games, that kind of a thing. So, uh, sounds like something I might be interested in as well. Awesome. <clears throat> I, again, 15 minutes. <sighs> yeah, it says quarter hour animated series. I mean, they're yeah. big with that on a swim, you know. I mean, I'll, I'll probably try to catch some of these. Because, um, you know, they, they would probably show up on the Adult Swim app, you know, on the Cartoon Network. Sure. Adult Swim app. Uh, in that case, I'll watch them. But I'm not going to, I'm never going to be able to catch a 15 minute video um, live. It's going to have to be recorded. All right. Let's see here. So, tech news. You got the first one. You get to talk first. I do. I got tech news. I for, I forgot an apostrophe in something. There we go. <laughs> All right. So, T-Mobile and Nokia have announced a $3.5 billion deal that will see Nokia provide T-Mobile with complete end-to-end 5G technology, software, and services as the carrier continues to build out its 5G infrastructure. So uh, uh, let's see. We're, we are all in on 5G, says the T-Mobile's chief technology officer uh, in the announcement. Nokia will help build T-Mobile's 5G network on both the 600 megahertz and 28 gigahertz millimeter wave portions of the spectrum in a the three GPPs, five G new radio standards. I have no idea what any of that means. So you don't know what you're reading, do you? None of it. <laughs> Again, that's that's the only reason I chose to read it <laughs> because I don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Nice. <laughs> so tell me what this means. Uh, basically, this just means T-Mobile's building a five G quote unquote five G network because five G is not technically a standard yet. Um, and they've chosen Nokia to supply the hardware and software to do so. Uh, 5G <laughs> networks are... It's more bandwidth is part of it. Uh, better building p- uh, penetration, so better signal inside. However, the way they work... Or not... No, <clears throat> I can't, can't necessarily say better building penetration... Because the signal itself actually doesn't penetrate as well. The the way the 5G network typically works uh, in this iteration anyway is that you just have way more smaller towers than you do now. So right now, uh, near my town where I live, T-Mobile has two towers. And they are positioned in such a way that their coverage areas just touch. That way you try not to lose signal, but you still got some dead spots. With 5G in that same coverage area, 
you could have 10 towers. They're not going to be giant towers. They're probably going to be things on buildings, but there's going to be way more of them. And that's supposed to help with like bottlenecking, bandwidth, um, congestion, stuff like that. You know, um, you got to remember that the higher um, the wavelength, so that's that gigahertz and megahertz uh, number, the higher the wavelength, the less things it's going to go through. Okay, so 28 gigahertz is not going to penetrate buildings very well. However, 600 megahertz is going to penetrate the shit out of those buildings. It's going to bend those buildings over and just have their Those way buildings, them. they've been violated. They have been violated. You've been violated. Um, because remember, like one of the big technologies of the cordless phone era... Was, was that like 900 megahertz? 900 megahertz. So with yeah. a 900 megahertz cordless phone, you could walk like to get the mail and <laughs> yeah. still have a phone call going I on. remember when I was a kid, like, yeah, like taking like taking a cordless phone like out into the yard, you yeah, know, like it was exactly. like a walkie talkie, you know. Exactly. But now today you take your laptop out to get mail and you're probably going to lose signal at the end of your driveway. Right. Because it's Oh too- yeah, I if I take my phone out into my driveway, I I, I start to lose uh, like Wi-Fi. Exactly, because the Wi-Fi signal is 2.4 <coughs> gigahertz. So it's a higher wave it's a much higher wavelength that doesn't penetrate as well. And 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi has much uh, much higher bandwidth, so you can get more data in that higher uh, band the uh, higher uh, wavelength. But you end up sacrificing your range because of it. So 5G is kind of a mixed bag. I'm not. It's going to be fantastic in cities. Uh, you're going to get speeds in the city that um, people have only seen on wired broadband connections. It's going to be amazing. Uh, in rural areas, I don't think 5G is going to help very much. Uh, unless the towers are so cheap that they can just blanket the hell out of the place. I don't know if it's going to help us. Because I, I live in a rural area, so... I don't know. We'll see. Is that good enough explanation for you, Sean? That was. Okay. <clears throat> I try. So Samsung uh, had their unpacked uh, event where they announced their new goodies. The, we're, we're the first one, you know what? I'm actually going to turn this around. Go to the second link first. Sorry. Go to the second link first. Yeah. I'm going to talk uh, about everything so except for the phone first. Shut up, Sean. all right so uh the two things they announced that were not their phone uh the galaxy watch got an update it is still on the tizen os not android Wear like we had thought uh which is not a bad thing i mean if it works well that's all that matters i don't care what os is on it as long as it's got the features i need so uh they have different sizes now which is good because the old ones were big for some people they weren't for me but um, some people have much smaller wrists. Um, supposedly over 60,000 watch faces to choose from. Uh, kind of cool. Uh, same controls, rotating bezel, you know, that kind of thing. Um, high resolution AMOLED touchscreen. That's a given. Uh, the big thing here, uh, we've got LTE uh, on board. So it's got its own cellular radio, much like the Series 3 Apple Watch. And then um, also, and this is the best thing, it's got a new and improved battery inside of it, which Samsung is saying will last several days. 
So, I mean, that's that's pretty cool because I can typically with my general usage, I can get like a day and a half out of my Apple Watch, but I would never I, I would never not charge it at night. You know, so being able to get uh, several days out of it would be kind of nice. Um, Samsung saying the larger of the uh, watches uh, should be able to get four to six days on a single charge. Uh, if it could get two whole days, I'd be pretty dang happy with that. So, um, pricing. Let's see if this has pricing. That article doesn't, but I've got another one here. Uh, let's see. 42-millimeter Bluetooth model is $330. Uh, 350 for the 46-millimeter Bluetooth model. And there is no pricing yet on the LTE-equipped version because it won't be uh, available until later this year. So, Very interesting. Uh, considering I'm looking at a, maybe a switch back to Android, this is something to look at. I'm not sure if I need another smartwatch or not, though. Uh, another thing that they announced, uh, this one, this is, this is not interesting to me at all. Bixby is getting improvements to its software that will allow it to be more conversational. So See, can... I find this to be like the most interesting. Really? Like, yeah, Bixby because like, it's not good. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't care. I don't know anything about Bixby or anything, oh, okay. but regardless, just like making, making your AI, you know, more conversational and uh, like I, that's, I find that to be like a big deal, you know, like that's why I don't use that kind of stuff. Like I rarely ever like, you know, okay, you know, like talk to my, my phone. Like I still do everything the old fashioned way because uh, I'm not going to speak in a weird robotic cadence to get, you know, my phone to do stuff for me, you know, like I, it needs to be conversational, you know, uh, for me to want to transition to using my technology in that way. Mm, okay. That's one of the reasons why I don't, I still haven't gotten one of those like, you know, home things, you know, like the, like the, the echoes or anything. Um, like all of this stuff needs to be far more conversational for me. Hmm. I see. Well, you might be getting an echo soon. I don't remember exactly which day, September something. When's your birthday? <laughs> you might like put my birthday out there on the, in, in, on the podcast. It, it's who cares, Sean? Nobody cares <laughs> about you. When's your birthday, Sean? <laughs> We've talked about my birthday before. Did we give out the day of your birthday? I mean... My birthday is August 29th. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> September 10th. Yeah, who cares about your birthday, Sean? Nobody cares about your birthday. <laughs> what do you think? You think you're not public, Sean? You're on a podcast. Yeah. So there. I can get I can start buying you smart devices that day. <clears throat> All right. Don't make it weird. <laughs> You're making it weird. That's <laughs> uh, pretty much everything I do in life. Anyway, uh I make people uncomfortable a lot. I apologize for anyone I've made com uncomfortable. Galaxy Anyway, Galaxy Bixby, Home. Bixby was was upgraded. You didn't finish talking about what they That's did to all Bixby. Their, they made it more conversational. That's literally the only thing they did. <laughs> and Bixby is a piece of crap. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is. 
<laughs> it's the most useless thing on a Samsung phone. Except uh, for the fact that what you didn't know was that they gave Bixby emotions, and now you've made him sad. Oh, dear. I He's don't care if AI. Bixby is sad because Google Assistant has got my back. And Siri, well, she can't do anything, really, but she's my friend, too. So, like, if, if you... but like So... If the Samsung has the Bixby and uh, Google has the Google Assistant, but then, like, what if you have, like, you know, a Galaxy Android phone? You know what I mean? Like, does it have both Bixby and Google? Like, are they fighting in the background? Like, <laughs> No, I got I'm, this one. I got I'm, this one. Right. I'm picturing, like, a Tron type, you know, uh, 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 landscape and, yeah. like, Google Assistant and, and Bixby in some kind of, like, Hunger Games war to the death yeah. uh, over over the ability to answer my questions. Um, basically, yeah. With, they, like, they with, do with, with, like, ask Jeeves in a cage in the corner, like, <laughs> but <laughs> I haven't been relevant for 20 years. <laughs> it, it, it would be different. It would be, uh, let's see, it on a Galaxy phone, if you say the keyword, you know, blah, blah, Google, you uh, end up uh, triggering the Google Assistant. However, Bixby has a dedicated button on the side of the phone where you hit that and it starts doing what you ask it to do. Uh, there are co- there are apps that will recode that button to work with the Google Assistant, <laughs> you know, because right. people don't like Bixby that much. Uh, but... Yeah, so I don't know which one is easier to get to, to be honest. I don't want to have to hit a button. So probably Google Assistant. But yeah, they're definitely riding on the laser bikes to try to get your... Uh, yeah, get the, your- uh, the, the button doesn't necessarily sound like a good idea. That is almost too reminiscent of like the weird button on like the Fire Phone or whatever. Yeah, like or the, the or the the fire or the tablets says don't they have like the mayday button or something like that I don't know I don't know I thought they had like a dedicated button that called up like Amazon you know I only have one fire tablet and it's been in my discarded tech drawer for I think ever since like a couple days after I bought it so. yeah. all right move on to Galaxy Home Tell Galaxy us what they- Home this is basically Samsung's answer to the HomePod. <laughs> it's a smart home speaker with Bixby built into it. So it is just about as useful as the HomePod. Um, doesn't look as good. It looks kind of weird. It, mm, I'm not sure about it. It looks like uh, it's reminiscent of... A citronella candle holder. That or what I was thinking about were the eggs from Alien. <laughs> especially uh, in the third picture where they're all lined up (laughs) oh i'm only looking at the first picture yeah flip two Uh, pictures ahead uh yeah well it looks like a citronella candle holder but like with like the base like the legs are weird you know little stubby legs legs. and they're not that big so i don't understand why we need legs on them i they say it's to let the base do its thing yeah let the base hit the floor but I don't. I don't know. know. I kind of like it. It kind of looks really? like a little mini, cal- like a little cauldron. You know, <laughs> like it reminds me of like a little, like like a witch's cauldron or something. Okay. 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 So, um, yeah, they even say that down here. Galaxy Home may look like a witch's cauldron. Oh, ah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Now, I mean, supposedly these sound, you know, decently good. Um, Samsung has partnered with Spotify 
to kind of make it seamless to pass off audio from your phone to your TV to your smart speaker and so on and such forth. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm still not positive we need smart speakers. I guess we do, but not one with Bixby in it. <laughs> Fucking Bixby. <laughs> All right. So now onto the thing that the only thing out of that entire show people actually truly cared about in any way. Um, the Galaxy Note 9, Samsung's new power user phone. The Notes have always been like the top of the top, um, more, most powerful phone at the time type thing that Samsung has put out. Uh, so this one, not really any different. Uh, it looks almost identical to the Galaxy Note 8, except for they've moved the horrible placement of the fingerprint sensor from the Note 8 and moved it down a little bit on the back of the phone below the camera uh, to allow you to reach it a little easier. That was nice. Uh, let's see here. Quick spec readout. Sean, you can tune out for like the next 45 seconds or so. Sweet. <laughs> um, screen is 6.4 inches. It's running a Snapdragon 4, uh, 845 uh, octa-core processor. Two cores are clocked a little higher than the other two cores. And, you know, or four cores. Um, then let's see, RAM, uh, there's two different versions. There's a six gigabyte and an eight gigabyte version. The six gigabyte version comes with 128 gigabytes of onboard storage. The eight gigabyte RAM version comes with 512 gigabytes of onboard storage, and they both have micro SD card support up to 512 gigabytes, which means that if you get the 512 gigabyte version and put a 512 gigabyte SD card in it, you now have a phone with a terabyte of storage. Wowza. I mean, I don't know who needs a terabyte of storage, but that's kind of cool. Uh, rear cameras, both 12 megapixels. There's one uh, telephoto lens and one um, wide angle lens. It has the switching aperture of the Galaxy S9, that will allow it to switch apertures depending on lighting. Uh, front camera is 8 megapixels. Boo, whatever. Uh, IP68 water resistance, uh, water and dust resistance. Some people like to say that's IP68 is waterproof. I don't believe it. I say water resistant because that's what the standard typically calls it. Uh, wireless charging, USB-C, headphone jack. Hello, Apple. Uh, <laughs> and uh, let's see here. The S Pen now has Bluetooth LE, that's low energy, uh, allowing you to use it uh, as a remote control for the phone to open up the camera app, to take a picture. You know, if you're taking a selfie with friends, it can be a remote camera trigger. That's kind of cool. Um, what I liked about it is if you're doing a presentation on PowerPoint, you can use it to advance slides. Uh, so that opens it up to more of a business user. So that's kind of cool. Uh, see here. The big thing, this is the, really the coolest thing I saw about it and what most people are touting about it. The battery. The Galaxy Note S8, or the Galaxy Note 8, uh, had a very small battery because it came on the heels of the Note 7, otherwise known as the Samsung hand grenade. Uh, so now the Note 9 has remedied that situation by putting a 4,000 milliamp hour battery in this sucker. Hopefully, there are no issues with it. They say that they have definitely stepped up their testing and quality control on all of their batteries. So 4,000 milliamp hours can get you... I mean, this is going to be an all-day phone. Um, now, they say all-day phone. 
I'm not at ease with that description because whose day? My day, your day, his day, her day? Our days are different. Our usage is different. So saying it's an all-day phone is kind of a little bit more of a blanket statement than I would like. But, I mean, you're probably not going to have to charge it until you get home from work, maybe. Who knows? Do you have any kind of... uh, Oh, and (laughs) this is the part Sean's going to like. Tell me. The 500 uh, gigabyte version is going to cost you $1,000. Stupid. (laughs) Stupid, huh, Sean? You don't don't like a $1,000 phone? No. I wouldn't even dream of purchasing a $1,000 phone. No? No. Well, you know. I don't want to spend $1,000 on my home computer, much less up my phone shit. Um, okay, let's see here. The uh, yeah, the the 128 gigabyte version, which has uh, six gigs of RAM, will be uh, one thousand dollars, nine hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. The 512 gigabyte version, you know, for those of you who like excess, uh, will be one thousand two hundred and forty nine dollars and ninety nine cents. So yeah, it's a lot of money. <laughs> I'm not. I don't like the idea of a thousand dollar phones. Just in general, uh, you can get a really good Galaxy S9 right now, which is on par. Well, reasonably on par with this phone as far as performance is concerned. Uh, it's missing the great battery and the S Pen, but you know, uh, you can get that, and you know, for I don't know, around seven hundred bucks right now, six hundred bucks depending on where you go. It's really hard to suggest someone get the Note 9 because of the price and it being such a small iteration on you know the Note 8. Because people can still buy the Note 8. It has fast charging, has wireless fast charging. The battery is not as uh, crazy good and the S Pen doesn't have Bluetooth. Other than that, it's pretty darn close. You know, um, storage, I think, on the, S, the Note 8 was 64 gigs maybe. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's just at this point a little expensive. We'll see. All right. So, now on to uh, the great love-hate relationship of my life. Um, Movie Pass. Being a member of Movie Pass uh is kind of like being in a relationship with an angry drunk, to be honest. So they keep having to make changes because, you know, they were... They <laughs> it's were, a business model that sucks. Yeah, they were very expensive. <laughs> and then they lowered their price and a bunch of people took them up on their offer. And they're like, hey, you know, 10 bucks a month. See all the movies you ever want, no matter what. And then they come back and they're like, hey, guys, um, a lot of uh, you use the service. dumb idea. And uh, we appreciate you. But can you just use it a little less? Uh, <laughs> and they start implementing little things to make it harder for you to use the service one of my big pet peeves was always that they still marketed it as one you know you could see a movie every day of the year for 9.99 a month well once uh they changed the ability to watch movies more than one time as far as i was concerned that was false advertising because if you can only watch a movie once there are not 365 movies releasing every year right you will run out of movies and you won't be able to watch anymore even if you went to see every single one of them. So now 
beginning in August, starting August 15th and moving forward uh, whenever your renewal date is, uh, MoviePass is changing their planning or their plan. Uh, the $9.95 a month will now get you three movies per month instead of one per day. Shit. And then every movie after that, you pu- you still purchase it with your movie pass card. They will give you a two to five dollar discount on your Ooh. tickets. Yeah. So you know, basically, you purchase it with a movie pass card. If the ticket is ten dollars and they give you a five dollar discount, then they just charge your card five dollars. Uh, yeah, I had about the same exact reaction as you did. The only reason. I haven't canceled it is because three movies per month is still a deal. So I am going to see what movies they offer discounts on and go from there. But, uh, you know, they keep saying members will be able to see up to three standard movies a month. What's a standard movie? Um, not IMAX, not 3d. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> also, they've gotten rid of um, uh, peak pricing yeah. and ticket verification. Those two things. So peak pricing was if a movie was going to be popular, they would charge you extra if you went to see that movie. So they would tack on a couple bucks um, at that, you know, that movie at that time. And basically what it was is all the popular movies, all the times people wanted to go. <laughs> You know. Yeah, it does say here, though, that the new plan will include many new releases. However, there will be some exceptions. Yes. Note that theaters with e-ticketing will include all movies and showtimes with no restrictions. Exactly. Uh, popular showtimes may continue to be limited for a short period, but we will continue to add additional seating availability as our users migrate their plans. Yeah, so this all happened because uh, Mission Impossible Fallout pretty much crashed their site and destroyed their business because everybody went to go see it. And they it just it was just too much um, because they have a bad business model. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna ride <clears> the <throat> sinking ship for as long as I as long as it's a deal I'll ride the sinking ship. We'll see what happens though. Um, I am not exactly happy about that three movies a month thing. That is a not that is not a lot of movies. To be honest, I mean it's still cheaper than most of their competitors. So, like, Cinemia, uh, I think for three movies a month, is $15. So, that's $5 a movie. This is only 10 So, you know, it's $3.33. But still, it's, it's getting less enticing. So, if you have a MoviePass subscription, my suggestion to you is use it as much as you can before the accounts shift over. <laughs> Oh, ticket verification. They got rid of that. Yeah, we said I said that. Okay, so ticket verification. I forgot to explain what that one was. Uh, after you get your ticket, you have to take a picture of it as of right now. So if they get rid of that, you just buy your ticket and you're done. So that's nice because you don't have to juggle your drink, your popcorn, your cell phone, and your ticket all at once. It's a little much. All right. So Charter uh, is... Uh, <laughs> the the vote hasn't gone through, but uh, and you know they'll weasel their way out of it. 
but they have they are at risk of being kicked out of the state of New York <laughs> completely. Uh, because, impressive. Yeah, because basically, <clears throat> whenever uh, whenever they merged with Time Warner in 2016, uh, you know they went into the state of New York, and part of the uh, approval for the merger was the stipulation that they build out their um, infrastructure to basically add like 145,000 homes and businesses to their current infrastructure. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's not enough. Because while they have said... Um, let's see. Uh, this comes from The Verge. Um, Charter issued a statement saying that it had extended the reach of our advanced broadband, broadband network to more than 86,000 New York homes and businesses. New York wanted them to add 145,000. So obviously... Uh, it says an additional 145,000. Yeah, additional. So, you know, uh, 200,000 plus subscribers, they wanted them to add. I don't think that is a uh I don't think that's a bad a bad request to be honest. You know, I mean, New York's a big ass state. I I don't think it's that bad to ask Right, and this company. is all about, and it's not just like new, uh, you know, new business. It's, it's not about like giving charter new business. This is about rolling out high speed internet access across underserved rural areas. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's not like they, you know, they said, oh, you've got to make this much money or and get this many new customers. They, you know, it was no, you need to build this infrastructure out into the boonies so everybody can have high speed internet like they exactly. should. And the and, thing and is, charter failed to do it. So yeah, and what pisses me off bricks. is that they asked Charter, build out your infrastructure to cover more people. But, you know, and that sounds like, oh, well, they want us to spend money. Well, yeah, but you got to spend it to make it, jackass. And those customers that you're building out to are paying for your broadband service. So just build it the frick out to them, for God's sake. It pisses me off when broadband uh, providers don't build out to cover more people. You know, I know infrastructure is expensive, but it's an investment because even in rural areas, eventually there will be more people in those areas. As the, you know, population grows, we grow out into the rural areas and if you already have the infrastructure there, when it was cheap to put it in because nobody you had to you didn't have to dig up anybody's house to put it in, it will all of a sudden be a much bigger investment. Think forward, don't think about your wallet right now. You have plenty of money, Charter. Just calm the fuck down. So, anyway. <laughs> just that. Yeah. Mm. Too late now. Forget calming the fuck down. Get the fuck out. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, uh, like I said, the vote, I don't think the vote has actually gone through yet as of right now. I didn't see any anything saying that it had. So, I'm sure... Um, they say here in the article, Spectrum has to keep operating uninterrupted for 60 days while the state finds a new internet provider to service customers. Um, <laughs> Spectrum, uh, it's unclear what Spectrum is planning to do now, but the state is asking it to come up with a transition plan. Um, you know, get the fuck out and why don't you train your replacement while you're at it? Right. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad to see a state standing up to a broadband provider. More need to do that, for sure. Hold them accountable, because 
they will weasel their way out any chance they get. All right. And now time for movie news. Oh, now time for movie news. All right. You're responsible for this one, I believe. I am. Uh, while talks recently have progressed in regards to the next incarnation uh, or the next uh, installment, uh, rather, uh, of the Star Trek franchise, uh, deals with cast members such as Zoe Saldana, Zachary Kinto, Carl Urban, Simon Pegg, and John Cho are expected to close. The sad news has come across that both Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth uh, have walked away from the table. So both actors were in negotiations to be in Star Trek Four. Uh, Chris Pine obviously reprising his role as Captain Kirk, and Chris Hemsworth was set to reprise his role as Captain Kirk's father because the uh, the movie was supposed to be a a, a time traveling adventure, as they say. So. Uh, the problem, uh, according to this uh, Hollywood Reporter article, comes down to, of course, money. And Pine and Hemsworth are, uh, you know, they're big A-list actors now in the DC and Marvel universes. And they feel that Paramount Studios was trying to uh, renege on deals that they had already put in place with the actors to star in these movies. especially, And then asking them to take pay cuts because the fact that the last movie underperformed at the box office and, uh, and, and they weren't having it. So uh, uh, Kirk and his father are out and they've walked away from the table, but the movie is still set to go on. So where we go from here is unclear. Uh, They say that the project could recast Kirk and his father or perhaps the two uh, the two sides could come back to the table. Uh, But uh, but it is moving forward. So we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens. it's kind of a bummer. I hope that, you know what I mean? Like, I hope they just get them back somehow because I don't, it's going to be really weird if they recast the roles. Yeah. Especially with Kirk. I mean, we've only seen, uh, Hemsworth in, in the, in the one. Yeah. And only for like the first 10 minutes of the movie, but right. Even then, I, I mean, he, I think he played the role really well. So I think he should definitely come back, especially if he's going to have a bigger part in the movie. Uh, I understand what they mean um, by the Star Trek series not being a Marvel or uh, Star Wars movie. Number one, Star Wars movies have not done well recently, but... Right, <laughs> but at the, you the, solo. the global box office for a Star Trek film, uh, what they say, Into Darkness, was the top earner of any Trek movie at at, uh, at $467 million worldwide. And then comparatively speaking, Marvel, DC, and Star Wars movies regularly gross north of $700 million, if not hitting a billion. So, uh, you know, you're talking about franchise that does despite its following, doesn't uh, compare to the juggernauts of the industry, at least not yet and never has. You know, they they really need to step up their game to compete with those franchises, you know, Um, which is kind of odd to say because, you know, let's be fair here. DC shouldn't be on that list, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, uh, 
either way. It, it's going to be if they recast those roles, I think that's going to spell the end for this franchise. You know, like I can't imagine them recasting the roles and then this movie being some kind of 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 smash. You know, yeah. it's just going to be weird. It's going to drive some people away. Even if it's good, you're going to have a lot of people that don't want to see it. And when you're you, when you're already dealing with a smaller fan base than those juggernaut uh, uh franchises you know that's gonna harm your box office and you know i think it would spell the end for the franchise if it's not the end already i mean how many of these trek movies can these guys do you know a lot of these guys are a-list actors again you know that's the whole point here uh so you're not talking about guys who are on a tv show now doing major motion pictures like it was with the original star trek stuff yeah this is true which, you know what, like now that we're talking about this, uh, that makes me think that like we we completely uh, looked over a, a story today that I don't know how I missed it. Oh, uh, shit, Barry and Laleed. Yeah, like we don't even have it on the show notes. I'm going to like Google it here real quick. I can't believe I, I, I just completely forgot to write this down. I can't believe you didn't think of it that either. That is your incredibly blatant professionalism. I know uh, my sh- my uh, the notes in my phone did not include this because I was like, oh, I'll remember to talk about that. <laughs> uh, but uh, God, it's all over the place. Uh, and that is that Patrick Stewart has agreed to reprise his role as Captain Picard and will be starring in a new Star Trek television series. Really? Yeah, did you not read this? I did not read this. Oh, man. Yeah, hold on. Let me pull up a good article about it here. Uh, Let's see. Let me click on this one here. I'm just randomly Googling stuff here. Yeah, start... Trek fans were elated after it was recently announced that Sir Patrick Stewart would be reprising his iconic role as Jean-Luc Picard from the Next Generation brand new series. Oh, now it's going to pop up with an ad. Screw you. Um, he will, oh, this sucks. Stuart, 78, will return to the role via CBS All Access. Oh, yeah. Uh, this comes from Space.com. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm on Express.co.uk. <laughs> uh, let's see, I'm seeing if they give any kind of details. Stewart's last uh, appearance as Picard came in 2002 in the movie Star Trek Nemesis. So, yeah, there's not a lot of details or anything, but basically from what we've heard uh, is that uh, the series will basically center around, you know, Captain Picard, like where is he now kind of a deal, you know. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's going to be almost a continuation of his, uh, his life, his career after uh, where Star Trek The Next Generation left off uh, with him. I believe the series ended with him like picking grapes in, a, in, a, in, in France, like he had gone home to live in his like family uh, – family yeah. home <clears throat> so uh they're gonna pick up where that left off essentially or or to an extent and uh and give us you know the life of captain picard now but like you said it will be available on cbs all access so you know i don't know 
I haven't picked up CBS All Access yet to watch any of the other Star Trek stuff. But this this is something that I just don't know if you can overlook. You know what I mean? Like being a Star Trek fan, uh, you've you've got to go and and check out captain picard coming back to to television you know this this is this is potentially a smash right you would think not again the line must be drawn here this far no farther (laughs) not again the line must be drawn here this far no farther (laughs) i love that i don't know why So yeah, I can't believe I, I can't believe I forgot to put this in the television category. I'm glad that this article like referenced Star Trek and made me think about it. Uh, I can't believe I didn't even think about it when I was putting this article in the uh, show notes about the movie. You know? <laughs> yeah, you kind of suck at this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So my my apologies to everyone for dropping the the lead in the television news. Patrick Stewart returning to to television to reprise the role of, of Captain Picard. Impromptu, impromptu TV news. <laughs> new podcast title bam <laughs> where sean just starts a podcast with no notes and then scrolls the internet to search for tv news. <laughs> right <laughs> all right cool uh so now <laughs> was that about these books you uh you now own sean uh <laughs> <laughs> All right, what is this story? <laughs> you remember oh, Chuck Tingle. I a know long Chuck time Tingle. ago. Uh, I don't even remember what episode it was. It was when Pokemon Go first was a, like a giant hit sensation. We talked about a book called Pokey Butt Go. Okay. P- pounded by M. All. It was right. by Chuck Tingle. Well, apparently Chuck Tingle has a lot of books. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, this dude writes like a book a, a week. Yeah, if you actually, if you go to his website, which is what I linked in the show note, um, his uh, the homepage says Chuck Tingle is the greatest author of our generation. He is very he is very um, at peace with himself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, Humble Bundle had a uh, had a bundle of all his books, twenty four of them, and I bought them for you, Sean. <laughs> oh, please tell me you didn't actually buy me a bunch of Chuck Tingle. I books. bought you all of them. So oh, let's run through some titles real quick. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Bigfoot pirates haunt my balls. <laughs> Big... <laughs> Bigfoot sommelier butt tasting. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, uh, oh. <laughs> but Dr. Chuck Tingle's Complete Guide to Sport. To sport? Yeah, to sport. Uh, uh, ga- oh, Game of Butts, The Pounds of Winter. Nice. Uh, let's see here. Man, they, see, they don't have... Let me try and just open all these. Because they are... Uh, they don't have the full title as their file title. Right. But the full titles are what is the funniest part of all of them. Because the man is, uh, if he doesn't write a good story, because I, I haven't, I've only like started to read one of these. He uh, writes a good title. He writes a hell of a title. <laughs> like, you can't, you can't not enjoy the I title. I mean, the homepage is the, is the book, The Call is Coming from Inside Your Butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> 
Oh, I love it. And of course, it's like a babysitter thriller uh, novel. And and if you didn't catch it already, these are all like uh, everything Chuck Tingle writes is like gay erotica. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So. Uh, Bigfoot, Smiley. Okay. So the next one. Uh, this one I'm actually trying to read. Uh, Chuck, Dr. Chuck Tingle's Complete Guide to the Void. Okay. Yeah. Um, Game of Butts, The Pounds of Winter. This one I know I know this is going to be your first read. Heavy metal unicorn lawyer sings into my butthole legally. <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay. Living inside my own butt for 8 years, starting a business and turning a profit through common sense reinvestment and strategic targeted marketing. That sounds like a good read. I know. Uh, my butt is comforted by the realization that I'm okay and everything will be all right. Well, that's a classic. <laughs> and then, obviously, I had to get Pokey Butt Go pounded by them all. <laughs> um, pounded by the pound, turned gay by the socio socioeconomic implications of the Britain uh, of Britain leaving the European Union. <laughs> <laughs> Pounded At least it's you know, uh, uh, you know it, it, it's current. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, it was uh, topical. He's touching. On, yeah, he's topical. He's touching on some 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 real some real uh, some real true life current events here. Yeah, touching on the butt. <laughs> pounded in the butt by my book. Pounded in the butt by my book. <laughs> pounded in the butt by my own butt. <laughs> Oh man, he wrote a book. Uh, he wrote a book for Chris Hardwick on uh, at midnight at one point. I believe they even had him on the show. That's awesome. Uh, that's where I learned of of Chuck Tingle and his uh, his wonderful literature. And since I got you the other one uh, about that book, I had to get that book because you don't want to read the second part of a series without reading the of first. Course. And you get pounded in the butt my by my book, pounded in the butt by my own butt. <laughs> and then of course. Since that's the second one, and the other one was the third one, you have to have the first one. Pounded in the butt by my own butt. Gotcha. Um, here you go. This was this was a special one because of the bundle that I ended up buying for you, Sean. Pounded in the butt by a reluctance to buy a humble bundle featuring stories with gay characters, as though that was some kind of or that has some kind of bearing on my own sexuality or the quality of the product. Then eventually realizing it's pretty good and I'm fine. <laughs> um <sighs> uh, let's see here then you get oh this one's good it's not he's not even getting pounded at this point slammed in the butt no <laughs> oh. by my handsome laundry detergent pod <laughs> uh, slammed in the butt by prehistoric megalodon shark amid accusations of jumping over him Uh, taken hotly by my handsome, uh, physically manifested hot take. Are you just going to read like 24 titles? I'm here? sifting through them. No, I've skipped a lot of them. <laughs> uh, oh, here you go. The Butt Files, The Case of Bigfoot's Wiener. That sounds like an interesting read. <laughs> uh Oh, here you go. Turn gay by the existential dread that I may actually be a character in a Chuck Tingle book. 
So you get all those, Sean. I'm congratulations. Super excited. I'll zip those up and send them to you right away for the delivery that I'm going to refuse at the door. <laughs> oh, they're digital. I'll send them to you every day until you accept. <laughs> I got them in three different formats, buddy. You got you got an iPad. I got PDF. You got an <laughs> you got a Kindle. I got Moby. You got anything else? I got EPUB. <laughs> well, wonderful. Yeah, I bought them on Humble Bundle, by the way, just in case anyone was curious. Um, he that's not all his books. Obviously, he's got some other ones that are equally amazing looking. Um, <laughs> Bigfoot settlers claim my butthole. To name one, um, my ass is haunted by the gay uniform unicorn colonel. Professor T Rex teaches me gayness. You know, the the basics. So. Right. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to hear your uh, review. Of um, of the um, what was the one Bigfoot pirates haunt my balls, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next, flicks. Yeah, I told you you'd own a lot of books after this was all over. Foreshadowing. Boom. All right. August two thousand and eighteen. Uh, we'll be covering movie releases from the 13th to the 24th. So. Wow, there's not a lot. Okay. <clears throat> First one. Alpha. Cody Smith-McGee. McPhee, I guess, yeah. Uh, Lenore Varela. Uh, let's see here. An epic adventure set in the last ice age. Europe. Next. Good. This already sounds terrible. It's a period piece. <laughs> Even though the period is the last ice age. It's period. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look good. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Mile 22. Ronda Rousey. Mark Wahlberg. Lauren Cohen. John Malkovich. Ooh, I like this. A CIA, CIA field officer and an Indonesian police officer are forced to work together as they confront violent and extreme political corruption. That's it. Hmm. There's some interesting actors in it. Yeah. It's odd that Ronda Rousey is like the number one person, though. Like She's like a UFC fighter or something, she, isn't she? She is. I mean, Wal- Mark Wahlberg's on the cover of the movie. The thing is, right. the site that I go to, Movie Insider, for all these um, synopses and stuff... I don't think they actually put him in any kind of order. I think oh, it's just okay. whatever's there is there. Because John Malkovich is on the bottom row. Yeah. I, I just random, I start reading at the first one, but then I pick the big names as I go. Or I try to, anyway. Okay. Oh, here you go, Sean. <clears throat> the Little Mermaid. Ooh. Shirley is this Mc- like a live action? It is. Ooh. Shirley MacLaine, Poppy Drayton. Uh, Gina Gershon. Uh, let's see here. The Little Mermaid is a family film with a fresh twist on the classic tale. Ha <laughs> ha, quote unquote tale. Ha <laughs> ha, <laughs> next. I'm done with that. <laughs> oh, man. With that shitty pun, <laughs> you're done. Uh, too easy. <laughs> okay, limited, limited, uh, limited. I'm going to do this one just because of who's in it. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm going to pick one limited here. I'm doing this just because I love the man, but this is benched. First actor, John C. McGinley. That's funny. I don't even, I don't know any of these other people. <laughs> I don't care. I don't like John C. McGinley. Legendary baseball coach Don, John C. McGinley, gets inexperienced Michael as his new assistant coach. As their lives dramatically change, the coaches must come together to help their team win. It is a comedy, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll watch anything hey. with John C. McGinley. It's hilarious. Well, and it's about baseball, so hey, I think I'm go. in. Perfect. It looks like they're Little League coaches. But Who are the other actors in it? Who else is in it? Garrett Dillahunt. Um, oh, I know who that is. Jalen Johnson. Garrett, you know who Garrett Dillahunt is. He was in Deadwood. Um, he was, um, uh, he was two different guys in Deadwood, actually. Um, he was in the TV show Raising Hope. Um, he's been in a lot of stuff. Like, I know as soon as you saw him, you'd recognize him. Oh, yeah, I do recognize him. Yeah. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's cool. He's a good actor. Okay. Yeah. So. That, that looks fun. I mean, I like John C. McGinley. I'm I'm really bummed that Stan against Evil didn't. Uh, yeah, no, I like uh, I like both those guys, so uh, I I could see uh, I could see that being pretty funny. And again, it's about baseball, so I'm in. Awesome. Okay, Friday, August twenty fourth. <laughs> the Happy Time Murders. Ah, nice. Melissa McCarthy, Maya Rudolph, Elizabeth Banks, Bill Beretta. Uh, the puppet stars of an iconic TV show, The Happy Time Gang, are some of the biggest celebrities around. But off camera, the family-friendly cast leads the kind of lives that would make a tabloid writer blush. When the stars of The Happy Time Gang begin to mysteriously get murdered, two mismatched detectives, one a type A, take-no-prisoners human with a secret, oh, come on. and the other a crass, hard-drinking puppet with a connection to one of the victims, must put aside their huge differences to stop the killings and catch the culprit, all while trying to resist the temptation to murder each other. Oh my god! I know you were you were fighting that, so I sped up a little towards the end. <laughs> it's a stupid movie about puppets killing people, saying dirty things. Like, why do you yeah. need to write such an explanation? Like, oh, jeez. Yeah, I agree. That was a little rough. Either way, this looks hilarious, and I absolutely want to see it. Yep, me too. Okay, so that's. Uh... That is all of them. Wow. Holy cow. That's the only thing coming out that's an A-list title uh, on August 24th. So hopefully they do okay being on. Nobody wants to compete with foul mouth puppets. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> all right. So that's what we got for you for next flicks. Uh, Sean, what the hell are you up to? Ah, well, I finally watched Deadpool 2 last night, or Friday night, I guess it was. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, I caught that on uh, Voodoo, and uh, it was uh, it was hilarious, man. Like, I, I enjoyed it just as much as I enjoyed the first one. Uh, Deadpool with baby legs is <laughs> just, just straight shirt cocking it. Just straight shirt cocking it, just absolutely hysterical. Um, there were... 
several jokes that I, I really enjoyed, uh, like at the very beginning when he talks trash about uh, like Fox not being able to afford all the X-Men being in the motion picture once again, just like he did in the first film. But was it but like they're all in the room behind him and they just slowly <laughs> close the door, you know, like things like that. Like it, there was just so much. And of course, just like the breaking of the fourth wall constantly, you know, like when he had Cerebro on and he said it smelled like Patrick Stewart's head, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just just so many great jokes it was it's so well written i really really thought it was great so oh uh, yeah it's it's fantastic uh did you watch the regular version or the super duper fucking cut ah uh, we just watched the regular version i didn't even oh. think about it yeah like and i know it i know the i know the voodoo purchase that i was uh that i that i had ha- has like the super duper cut but it's like a it's listed as like a featurette, so you've got to go specifically to it. And I didn't even think about it when I turned the movie on. I just hit play. So gotcha. it, it adds a lot of stuff. I mean, it's jokes that they obviously they cut it out and it doesn't really change that much. But there were some funny uh, moments that explain other jokes in the movie that I didn't even realize. You know, like um, there was one joke where uh, Wade talks about. Um, ejaculating into a soap dispenser (laughs) okay okay and you don't understand where that actually comes from except for that colossus smells his hands after right 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 i remember that okay well one of the cut scenes is that colossus is going into the kitchen to wash his hands and wade has been organizing the fridge and he's trying to make himself a better person but then he tells colossus uh you know colossus sitting there trying to squeeze out soap and it's not going and wade goes no, no, I just you, give it a few more pumps. I just filled it up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's just little stuff like that that didn't really matter once it was cut out, but it's kind of right. cool to see it in there. My thing from the whole movie is I want you know, the t shirts that uh, are made a lot where uh, they'll say, um, you know, like it'll have a picture of Princess Leia, and it'll say, She's, uh, I'm his princess, and the other one will have Han Solo and says, "I'm her nerf herder." Right. Or right. Um, I'm his Mick. I'm his mini. She, uh, she's my Mick, uh, or she's my mini. He's my Mickey. That kind of thing. Okay. The scene in the very beginning where Depender is talking about the movie interview with a vampire. <laughs> I want right. T-shirts with a little um, Deadpool logo at the bottom, but they say, um, "She's my Kirsten Dunst," <laughs> and then the other one says, "He's my Tom Cruise." That's a pretty good conversation too. I enjoyed that. I was uh, I was a little disappointed. I thought Terry Crews would have a larger role. <laughs> I love uh, that they made everyone think they were going to be a big part of it. <laughs> right. Like uh well, I mean like Domino was a good part of the movie, you know, like and oh, yeah. and I thought Zazie Beetz was awesome in the oh, ca- yeah. as the character, uh but uh you know, seeing as that like I mean, Terry Crews was the only other actor playing a superhero that we knew uh, and an act and he's an actor that we knew, you know, so I just assumed that he would have like he wouldn't be just like a one off death like those other guys. Like I didn't know those actors and I wasn't, you know, I didn't uh, uh, I didn't know the characters or anything like that. You knew the Uh, vanisher. Well, yeah, except for the Vanisher, clearly, <laughs> which was a great cameo, wasn't it? Yeah, just like the two seconds of Brad Pitt's face right. as he's being electrocuted. <laughs> so, yeah, but that was good. you got to remember, at the end of the movie, Deadpool has a time-traveling bracelet. <laughs> right, right. So, That's exactly right. You know, and those cutscenes at the end are absolutely amazing. Just 
pure amazement. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I love that movie. I watch it every chance. I'll watch it every chance I get. I can't wait. So, so in addition to Deadpool two, I also watched uh, Super Troopers two. Also amazing. And I I don't I didn't recall like being a fan of the original Super Troopers. Like it was uh, one of those movies that I feel like I watched when it came out, and I didn't particularly care for it, and I just never ever watched it again or anything. And the when we came across Super Troopers two in in our voodoo queue and whatnot, my my wife convinced me that we should that I should go back and give the first one a try. So we actually watched both of them. Uh, and I watched, so I watched the first one and then the next day we watched super troopers too. And, uh, and, and, and I appreciated it much more this time. So uh, I found it very entertaining. Um, and, uh, I think my favorite part of super troopers too was when they did the, the whole gag with Jim Gaffigan all over again. Uh, you know, when he, when he, when they pulled him over and he was like, aren't you the same cops who pulled me over and said meow like 10 years ago. So I thought that was really great, but, uh, yeah, no, I appreciated those movies. So I was like, you know, kind of taught me a lesson, you know, like it just, cause I didn't like it a long time ago, you know, or it didn't feel like I, or thought I didn't like it. You know, I, uh, my favorite part of the entire movie uh, what I mean, it was a it was a decent sized part, but it wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't crazy. Uh, let me find it here. I think. What happened? They pull up. Sorry. We're from America. And they start talking nonsense French. <laughs> do neither of you speak English? I do. I do. We would like. Can you show me? Yeah. Bon vivant bouillardé, yeah. school de sac, laissez faire chicken cordon bleu. Formidable, bâton <laughs> rouge, noblesse oblige, au bon pain, château maman. Croque monsieur Croque madame. Non. Croque monsieur Croque madame. Frère Jacques Grey pour pont maquis de sa tourette, whoop. Pédère d'oster, croissant, les misérables, fart catcher, Luke Robitaille, d'Artagnan, Perrier, Frank Tarkin, Luke Robitaille is a hockey player. Pendez-nous d'adèle not only is Luke Robitaille a hockey player, but I don't think yeah. he's like, he hasn't been a hockey player for like 10 years, you <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah, for a great poupon. <laughs> I mean, it's hor- it's horribly insensitive to anyone who's French, but it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> I'm glad you got to watch that one. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, did you watch the um, uh, bloopers at the end? Mm, yeah, I think so. Will Sasso's blooper, where he's trying to go, Eggy, you know? But he can't get the er part down. I laughed so hard I cried in the. Oh, yeah, I, I don't specifically that. remember it. So it's just oh, it's so good. If you if anyone watches that movie, make sure you stay for the uh, gag reel after. It's it's fantastic. All right, uh, me I I've been really crazy crazy busy lately. Obviously from the skipped episode, um, so I haven't done a whole lot. I did buy two new VR games. I know I talked about buying a VR headset in the last episode. Um, I bought, when I first got it, I got uh, Raw Data and Arizona Sunshine, and then the free games that they have. I since added Gorn, which is a gladiator uh, melee combat game, uh, but it's it's cartoony, but horribly graphic still. like You can stab somebody in the chest and rip their heart out. Um, pick up their dead body and rip their arms and legs off and that kind of stuff. It's 
fun, uh, to be completely honest. It's a good uh, tension reliever. And then the other one is fantastic exercise, and it's called Beat Saber. And it's basically DDR with lightsabers. You have blocks that come at you at different uh, in uh, two different colors. Each of your lightsabers is a different color, and you have to just cut the blocks to the beat of the music. Um, I'll so play- it's like it's like Fruit Ninja meets Rock Band. Exactly with lightsabers. So you feel like a Jedi. Kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, those two a lot of fun. Uh, honestly. A lot of good exercise. My Apple Watch has recorded my exercise as being full like the last couple days because I've been able to play a little bit of those. Um, And, you know, you work up a sweat with the Beat Saber one. It gets pretty crazy. So anyone who's a gamer just sitting on their butt looking for something that will get them out of their chair, you might want to look at VR. Uh, It's not, I mean, it's obviously not running a mile every day, but it's better than sitting in your chair doing nothing. You know, working out your fingers on your keyboard and mouse. So. All right, guys. Uh, that is all we have for you for this episode. Uh, like I said, and barring some global catastrophe or some life-changing event, we should be back uh, on our normal, our normal spiel. So, you know, two weeks and we'll have another episode. Um, Sean. Hmm. I need you to, I need you to tell me if you can remember any of the t- Chuck Tingle titles. Which one sounds like the first one you'll read? I mean, I don't specifically remember any of the titles, so uh, I'll read the one about butts. <laughs> well, you got about twenty books then. <laughs> uh, okay, how about um, one that you I didn't get you? Uh, Dan Bigfoot Zarian parties in my butthole with his billionaire lifestyle. Oh, man. I may have to go back for that one on my own. Yeah, you'll have to buy that one afterwards, <clears throat> obviously. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we will check you on the next one. has a t-shirt on the site called that says my bud went to the void and all i got was this overwhelming existential dread you're really obsessed with this chuck tingle website dude it's a little unsettling he's got a he's got a sense of humor i can really get behind <laughs> oh wow <laughs>